Okay. Dad. Hi, it's Julie. And Pete. From Rush the Bus. How you doing? Uh, pretty well. How are we you doing? Cool, we need a cooler intro. Uh, so, yeah, so today we're going to be talking to uh, Constantine Sampos. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably not how to right. pronounce his last oh. name. Um, hold on, Peter. It's uh, Constantine Simsomos. Simsomos, yeah, I guess. Right. He's Greek. We'll have to ask him. Yeah, we'll have to ask him how to do it. Mm-hmm. We'll have to edit this out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do that. I know how to edit now. And what does Constantine do, Peter? So Constantine is a career fireman, and he's also. Oh, hold on. Yeah, we'll let him in here. We'll have him tell us. All right. What's Hi. Up, Paul? Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? How are you? Not too bad. How are you guys making out? All right. Pretty good. Julie's up north. She's uh far up north in the cat was it the Catskills up there, some shit like that. Yeah, the Hudson Valley. Um pretty up here, like two hours north of New York City. Okay. Yeah. Little getaway? <sighs> yes, a little R and R. We all need that, that's for sure. Yep. Yes. Yep. So how are you doing today? You good? Yeah. No, all good, man. You know, lazy Sunday. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Well, so, for another hour and a half, and then got to it. You know, it was, Where are you working tonight? Uh, I'm working the county tonight. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Cool. So, yeah. Constantine, do you say your last name, Sipsimus? You got it. Perfect. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Hired. All right. Yeah, I live good. in a very Greek neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Usually, it takes people a few times, but once you say it, usually they have it. Yeah. Okay. They're usually off by a letter or two, but for the most part, you know, you have it. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> all right, so tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. When'd you uh, when'd you start? Where you work? So uh, I'm 36 years old. I'm from uh, Gloucester County, New Jersey. Um, I work a lot of hours. I'm a single full-time dad, and on top of all my jobs, uh, I'm a full-time firefighter. Um, part-time EMT for a tour organization, and I'm also an instructor in a lot of different uh, disciplines of fire, rescue, and EMS. Um, you know, leadership, uh, you name it, I've probably taught it some way or another. Uh, really easy going dude, you know what I mean? I just go with the flow kind of guy. Um, you know, pretty good reputation for the most part, I think I'd like to have, and you know, anybody who you ask about me is, you know, would say, hey, I'm a good partner and just a good dude all around. Cool. Very cool. nice. So when you, when did you start on the ambulance? What year did you start? So I went to EMT school when I was 16. And wow. I did a few ride-alongs when I was about 17. And then I, I started working right when I was 18. Okay. So you start with, what year was that? So you're 18? It's like 2000, right? Something like that. I went to school in 2000. Yep, 2000. So what okay. made you interested then? I mean, did you have friends or family that were into it? So friends, actually. What happened was... Uh, I took my EMT for the fire department, believe it or not. Uh, I originally wanted to go down that route of police or fire. And what had happened was some friends of mine, you know, did dual, dual roles, you know, work yeah. the fire truck, work the ambulance. And 
I said, oh, let me give it a try. And they said, oh, go get your EMT because it's really good to have. And I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not really into it. Yeah. And uh, I went and got it at a young age. And then next thing you know, I did some ride along. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. I, I could do this once in a while. And next thing you know, I made a career out of it. I, took, mm-hmm. I got the fire job and I still stuck with it. You know, I, I pull about two to three shifts a week on the ambulance. I still enjoy it. Um, and I'm really glad I did. You know, yeah. it was well worth it. Cool. Cool. Where did you, where was your first job? You were involved when you started? <laughs> I, I I actually was fortunate enough to get paid uh, right when I was 18. Yeah. I only volunteered EMS for a very little bit of time. Yeah, that job actually picked me up. They were actually in the process of going volunteer to paid. Okay, there were very little volunteer shifts left, so I kind of was lucky enough to get uh you know to get picked up. Yeah, who was that with? So that was actually Washington Township. So that that's the town right next to me, the Washington Township, Gloucester County. Okay, yeah, because there's a bunch of them. Yeah, we have like a, a bunch of repeat towns in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah we have like a couple Monroe's, a couple Franklin, mm-hmm. but Washington Township was my uh, was my first one. So uh, there in Deford EMS, that was my uh, my first EMS job. Okay. And uh, you know, I, I was full time at Deford for a long time before I went to the fire department. Okay. So, uh, a lot of good times, a lot of good memories. You know, met a lot of good people, uh, a lot of good runs. You know, okay. all the times I worked out, fortunately, were very busy for yeah. suburban areas. You know, seven, eight thousand runs a year. Yeah. So we were definitely getting some good calls. What's Deptford like? So we're about seventeen point eight square miles. Uh, we have a combination of residential, uh, commercial, some mid-rise buildings, apartments, highway. You, you name it, we pretty yeah. much. Have so it was a really good town to work in uh, for that aspect. You would just get everything from the the medical patient to the trauma patient uh, and everything in between. Okay. Yeah, like a very well-rounded kind of EMS career. Yeah, yeah correct. Cool. Do you remember what your first job was when you first uh, so, got there? I don't remember my first job. I definitely can't. I can remember my first job in the back of the ambulance by myself. I can remember that. And uh, we rationed the Deppard Mole eating dinner. Um, I was working a two to ten shift, and basically, uh, you know, the pager went off, and I was kind of like, "Uh oh, this is it." You know, this is this is you know, do or die. And um, it was an ankle fracture, and I remember, you know, the door shut, and it was like, "That's it. It's all you." And, um, you know, you just went to work. So yeah. I was nervous. I remember. Were you, and how old were you then? That was, was like 18. when you were 18. 18, yep. It's a very young guy, like, doing that, you know. Yeah. And it's definitely, uh, that's where I realized that uh, our FTO program today should be much better than what they were back then. Mm. Because, um, you know, no 18-year-old should have the door shut on like that and, and not have a clue. Because I'll yeah. be honest with you, I didn't. You know, I, I was lost. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what a lot of places do now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, like when you started, like how, how senior were the people when you started? You know, how many years did they have on? So I luckily, and that's one thing I'll never forget, I had some awesome preceptors through my time and yeah. senior people. Uh, the problem is you weren't always with those senior people. You may have been with somebody that was started, that started at the same time you did. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. you know, I'm an 18-year-old kid. I might be with a 19-year-old kid that's been doing it for a year. Uh, they, they, you know, you know how EMS is. They, they, they tend to put people in spots to fill the shift. Yeah. They don't look at experience. They don't look at knowledge. They don't look no. at certification. It's just, oh, we have to fill the shift, and you're a body. So yeah. let's uh, let's fill that shift. And, and I've always disagreed with that. That's not the way it should be. Yeah. Um, you definitely need to learn from senior people and experienced people. Yeah. yeah. I think that's hard. I mean, it's sort of like you know, the gauge is that you've all taken the same course, your BLS providers or whatever. 
um, or ALS providers and, you know, you have the same base knowledge. And so go out there and handle it. But there are definitely jobs where, especially as a young person, where you're just inexperienced in healthcare, but also inexperienced in life, to kind of jump into the back of an ambulance with someone who's in pain or having a heart attack. It's kind of a vulnerable situation for everybody, you know, and that's sort of a detriment, I think, for our younger EMS um, employees and, and volunteers. Yeah, because yeah, when I started, I was like, I was the young kid. I was the 18-year-old, and everybody was like 26, 30, you know, and they all had, you know, years on them. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, those senior people that mentor me, you know, and now there's, if you have three years on, you know, you could have, what, three years? There's some people with Western. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah there on. are definitely a lot of um, hi, younger hi. folks. Hi, Julia. <laughs> um, there's a lot of younger folks who are out there with similarly inexperienced, um, you know, BLS. Like, I feel like we often, you know, Pete and I try to kind of like jump on jobs that sound like, folks need help or whatever because I feel like I know when I was in that same spot that I felt very overwhelmed you know by um, the circumstance that I found myself in you know things can be scary or you know dealing with someone who's in pain is hard like when you're a new provider you know like that that patient is very vulnerable and I think one thing we we fail too is nowadays a lot of our generation coming in newer people they don't want to hear it from the older people. And I'm sure you guys see that too. Uh, I know when I was in, I was listening to everything. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't take nothing. It was just yeah. so much coming at you. I wanted to hear it all. Now it's like you try to tell somebody something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's the generation. And that's, that's really, really upsetting to see that that's just how people are nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and no, you don't know because I didn't know. And the, the person next to you didn't know. We all have to learn it and we have to take that information in. Uh, I'm a firm believer nobody's better than anybody else and, and we're all a team and we all have to pass information on and share information that's one of the worst things about EMS you know what I'm saying like you know like I I don't think I think before we started this I was a little leery about you know telling people you know the ways that we do stuff but now I just don't care you know what I mean because somebody has to pass it on and you know, if you're going to eat me alive, you can eat me alive. But, you know. But I do think what we're, we're trying to do here is pass along information that is not readily available at the station level or the, you know, the ambulance squad level where, you know, maybe you don't have that senior person anymore or that person who's senior to you maybe has a family and has another full-time job and they can't really come in and pass that information along. And I think for us, that's what we're sort of trying to get across that, like, hey, look, like there's a lot of stuff to do here and I don't think I know it all. You know what I mean? I've, I've been doing EMS for like 16 years and I don't know it all. Um, there's always something to learn, but also like I want, you know, the newer folks to feel like, hey, we're approachable. Um, the senior people at your station are likely approachable as well. Like it's really important to kind of get that information. Yeah, yeah. I think you said it right with the, with the I know thing. You know what I mean? Because if you hear I know, you know, that's going to turn a lot of people off. Yeah. yeah. You know? So let me tell you a quick story. Uh, in Camden with UMDNJ, when I first started there, I was, uh, I was 19. And that's pretty young to be working in an urban environment. Yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget some of the best people I ever worked with in my life, made some of the best friendships, some of the best providers. 
when you walked in that room, in that crew room, you know what they told you? You don't sit on that couch. Mm-hmm. You will be told when you can come over and join the family and sit on the couch. Yeah. You keep your mouth shut and you put your time in. And guess what? Within a few months, they say, yeah, you can come sit on the couch. And, but, but think about that for a second. That culture is gone. It is. Yeah. Those people are just are, are, are calling it quits, retiring, passing on, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll never forget that. You were told you don't sit on the couch. Yeah. Whoever, who says that? And I think it, it says it can rub people the wrong way. But I personally, I mean, maybe because I grew up like my dad was a firefighter. Like I knew that there was a hierarchy. Um, for me, that was okay. Like I liked, I liked that I wasn't allowed to drive. I wasn't allowed to drive. You know what I mean? Every day I was going to tech and I was not allowed to drive. And the day that my mentor finally said, all right, why don't you drive today? Cause you're going to need to know how to get to the hospitals. I was like really honored. I felt like genuinely like he was like saying that I got it. You know, I, I got it enough to like take that role on. It was a proud moment for me that like my mentor thought I could drive today. Um, I don't know that people see it that way anymore. They just want to be like, a big hero or go in there and like, I'm going to do the best right away. Like you're not. And it's going to take years for you to feel yeah. really confident and that's okay. You know, good. like yeah. you need to be humble. So you bring up a good point with the driving. Uh, look at today's error. Google maps is a phenomenal tool. Nobody can ever <laughs> take that away. <laughs> I look at Pete's map book. <laughs> How many people, like, I, I came from the error of the flip phone and guess what? You had to read a map book. Yeah, you had to have an atlas in your vehicle. No, remember the map books? They're like that thick. Uh, multiple. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like today, you, you know, they're just, they're a forethought. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Yep. You know, people should know how to read a map book. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's just, that's a lost yeah. art. Yeah. No. And, and, and like the thing like we do, like we patrol. So like we just ride around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, like we learn stuff, you know, you got to know what the alleys are, where you can fit, where you can't fit. And that's how you beat people to jobs. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's, that's how you steal that shot, you know? But it's good to know where you, where you work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Particularly if it's not where you live. Like, I mean, we work in the five boroughs and I live in the five boroughs. So, I mean, I'm familiar with my neighborhood that I work in, but like, I don't live in that neighborhood. So I think it's important to kind of drive around, see what the businesses are, see what the buildings are like. Um, I think it's important to kind of know where you are and yeah. not put your phone solely, down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, not put solely your phone depend down on your GPS. Yep. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. Even if you do 30 minutes of shift, I don't care. It, yeah. It's still getting out and learning your area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, believe me. What's Camden like? Because I heard Camden's like crazy, bro. So as far as call volume? Yeah. Like, you know, when you were there at UMD days. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like the, the so, hidden... I always tell people one thing about Camden. It's like Disney World, the happiest place on earth. Okay. Love working Camden. The environment, the people, the great people there. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely get crazy. I mean, right. is it seven nights a week crazy? Most of the time, no. Just okay. like New York City with you guys, I'm sure it's not every night of the week. But it's so odd there. There's no rhyme or reason. And what I mean by that is a Wednesday night could be like a Friday night in the summer. <laughs> thing on yeah. what is up with a wednesday night that you're running all these calls and crazy calls yeah um you know um so just a, a prime example my last shift in wednesday night um you know i went from a lady who ran down like five people to a guy shot in the chest six times that police wow. transported um it's it just it's nuts it, you just never know what you're getting into 
And even though it's a smaller city compared to a lot of the other ones around, like yeah. Newark and obviously New York and Philadelphia, it's still busy. Yeah. Uh, probably about 35 to 37,000 runs a year. Um, a lot of frequent flyers, obviously, a lot of yeah. uh, unfounded calls, you know, people on the side of the road unconscious, you get there already gone, things like that. Yeah. The call volume is just everything. You, you just get everything. You, you know, you have the waterfront, you have the, the urban environment, you have the apartments, you have the drug corners, you have the, ba- the abandoned houses. So you yeah. name it and you get it there. That, that's definitely the cool part. How often do you go in abandoned houses over there? What's that? We don't have any vacants. Oh, you don't really? No. We used to, but New York has been gentrified. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I'll send you some pictures. We have to go in there, though. Like, you know. So we have protocol on that. Um, Basically, you know, we have to wear our helmets and our our PPA if we have to go into a vacant to to remove somebody. And basically, it's a judgment call. Uh, So normally, we're supposed to start the fire department out. If it's a vacant, we have to go in it, obviously, which is a good move. Uh, And then if it's completely deplorable, which that's another issue because a lot of EMTs aren't cross-trained, so they wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's completely deplorable, then we should maybe think about going a different route. And yeah. now we're talking about rescue and collapse yeah. rescue and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, we've had it. I've had many people in vacant buildings and dwellings, um, second, third floors. I mean, oh, no wow. steps. I mean, I've had, I've had removed people out of windows, uh, baskets and ladders. So, you know, definitely it's a challenge for us in Camden. We have a ton of vacants. Yeah. I mean, the fire department and EMS deal with them all the time. Yeah. And the problem is no vacant is vacant. Yeah. yeah. Of of yeah. I mean, the city tries to do a great job of keeping up with boarding them up. Yeah. But really, what's a couple nails going to do to somebody who wants to get in? Yeah. I mean, people who are unsheltered essentially are going to try to find shelter. And in New York City, we sort of like, you know, we got rid of a lot of the vacants, they were a blight or whatever, and, and we kind of like gentrified the city, but we have a lot of homeless people on the street. And, you know, in cities where there are more vacant houses, like you're going to have people living in them for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. like they are shelter as dangerous as they may be. Um, people are sheltered from the elements in a vacant mm-hmm. house, you know. And, and the issue is you can't take it for granted because, yeah. you know, you, you don't go in and check and somebody says, you know, someone's in there, and then, you know, they're found days later, that's definitely yeah. a problem for everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. I had a guy one night in a vacant, and I was working with my one of my old partners, Chris. He's a firefighter down in Fairfax County and a medic. Mm-hmm. Uh, great guy. And we get there, and the lady was, uh, you know, you know, typical uh, Candonite, just there. You know, shouldn't be there, but she's there. Yep, we'll that. Got it. And, uh, you know, she's saying, my friend's inside, and he's stabbed. And mm-hmm. like, lady where'd you get in and there's this little hole in the wall she said, that's how we got in and i'm like no way somebody got through there and the whole house is boarded up remind you yeah. so we call the fire department out the ladder truck comes out you know yeah. and the police were there saying listen if we break into this vacant and nobody's in there we're charging you she goes yeah. no he's in there just calm as could be yeah so the fire department takes a stall cuts down the front door we go in sure enough this guy's sitting right up against the bed and stabbed at a femur Wow. And I'm like, I mean, but she was so nonchalant about it. I'm thinking, yeah. this is lady's on something. She's not telling us the yeah. truth. Yeah. The guy had got a flight somewhere and he got stabbed and he crawled through that hole and we had to get him out. Um, so he was trauma, you know, so, so he, he lost a lot of blood. And, and yeah. that was also before we carried tourniquets, by the way. Yeah. Oh. Like, remember that? Remember when you was like, bougie? like you couldn't, it was so taboo to use a tourniquet. Yeah. Remember that? Well, yeah, but then we... 
it was a last we're in a different yeah. we're in a different time yeah. you yeah. know we're in a time of mass shootings like yeah. that we can't be that anymore you have so to you're gonna lose your limb if you use a tourniquet yeah, yeah. But you're it. gonna lose a life if you don't you know yeah yeah That's crazy like, crazy my Things kid's change. mom she uh she works in newark and they had a similar one they heard this lady the cops had heard somebody yelling from outside in a vacant and it turns out she had a baby like oh, sometime man. the night before oh and, you told me that yeah, it? yeah so she the kid was fine and the mom was just sitting upstairs it was freezing cold out with a baby just uh, under some garbage it's crazy wow hey i mean Dang. yeah mom your heat your body heat is gonna regulate that baby's temperature and, and breastfeeding is. and all that stuff i mean the baby was probably in pretty fine health you know compare mm. compared to the mom um I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I, told you, I'll I feel like later. Camden is like, you know, there are cities in, in the United States that are still like what New York used to be like maybe in the 70s and 80s. And New York is like so different. But I'm like, Camden is probably a lot like yeah. what it yeah. used to be here. You know, you I'll guys have a lot of... Why don't you come down one day? And I'll, I'll, I'll take you around the city, show you around a little bit. <laughs> I would love to. Ride down and listen, we'll go to... Yeah. Uh, We'll show you some of the good places to eat. Uh, yes. And, you know, we got some really good, uh, good restaurants in the city. I, yeah. I went to, you have a, uh, what kind, what do you eat? Subs or hoagies? So usually they're hoagies. <laughs> they're hoagies. Oh man. So, uh, have you guys ever heard of donkey's cheesesteaks? No. Uh, so I'll give them a shout out, right? So donkey's cheesesteaks. It's like a world famous cheesesteak and it's right in the city of Camden. And it's huh. it's a round, a round roll. It's a round poppy seed roll. Oh, that sounds delicious. cheesesteaks. Um, so you'll have to try one. Um, but there's some good Spanish. I love cheesesteaks. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I go to Philly and that's what I eat, but yeah. I'll go to Camden. You guys are right there. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's awesome. You guys will love it. Love the tour. I mean, it's just different. You know, we'll take you on the horror tour, take you up yeah. Broadway. That's 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 the best uh, street in the city is Broadway. Okay, um, so that's always a treat. Uh, you never know what you're gonna run to on Broadway. That's for sure. Huh. So, isn't the Broadway you guys got in New York? I can tell you that. <laughs> people thought that well, we have those. We Broadway. have those too. We do have one oh, Broadway in, in, in our Brooklyn. Area? Yeah. It's a little mm -hmm. different than the Manhattan. Yeah, Broadway. they're a little. Uh, we have one. What was it, a couple weeks ago? We're walking down the street. I'm like, is that person's ass sticking out? And then we're like, oh man, it is. And then we got closer. And closer, and then you could see like the giant ball sack just hanging out under. <laughs> Where was I? Was I there? Yeah, you remember that guy? I don't remember. That big one, There's so much like, horrendous <laughs> stuff that happens. I think I just like tune it out. Yeah, you can't. But um, awesome. so you work fire then mostly, right? Like that's your full time job. So what kind of? I mean, when you do EMS, are you? working ems or are you volunteering ems no i'm paid oh yeah no. you're paid I'm, I'm, and yep. you're doing it like three times a week uh average between both jobs usually two three nights a week oh, and nice. what kind of shift do you have like how how long is the shift so our shifts are 12-hour shifts um you know sometimes what i'll do is i do a lot of half shifts so i might do like a six to midnight or seven p to one a something like mm -hmm. that um so like tonight i'm working six p to six a and then oh, wow. so tonight's a long city shift. eight to two so i work the firehouse tomorrow during the day and then i go to the city tomorrow night for a eight to two a shift it's the back half of a back half of a power shift Excuse constantine me. we're keeping you away from sleeping you're about to work some power shifts no i'm good <laughs> okay leave us for the week trust me <laughs> I'll sleep when i can listen everybody, it's funny because it's funny you mentioned that everybody i work with they know listen if i need a little nap just leave me alone let me be 
you know. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy, I come in, I do all my chores, I get everything done, and don't bother me the rest of the night. If you need uh-huh. something, let's go. But, and they just know it, you know, and I know I know how they are, too. But if yeah. I'm really tired, I'll tell my partner, yeah, I'm exhausted, I'm chilling out in the truck for a little bit. Yeah. And then, yeah. So when you, work, when you work Gloucester County, do you, got, you guys have a station? We do. How does that work? So you get the so just hang out the station? So stations in, uh, in the whole county. Okay. And, you know, like tonight I'm stationed pretty close to home in Woodbury. Okay. So that's a small city right, you know, right next to my town where I live. Okay. Um, not a city like, you know, Camden. Or yeah, yeah. It's just a, an older historic city. Okay. Uh, there tonight for six for 12 hours. And, uh, you know, see how it goes. We cover a pretty good amount of area. Um, it's hit or miss, you know. Yeah. You know, an average night there is probably five, six jobs. Right. That's a fair night. I yeah, mean, no, especially in a 12 hours. Like, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a fair amount of work. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad at all. And what are, how far or how near are your hospitals to where you are? I mean, are there hospitals in the area? So when I'm working Camden, we have three hospitals in the city, two primary, and then one's more like an urgent care um, or hybrid ER. So they're very close. We're, we're five minutes from any hospital for the most part. When I work Gloucester County, we have a variety of hospitals. Uh, we could go anywhere from five minutes to 25 minutes, maybe even longer. Oh, wow. So average in the county probably about a 10 to 15 minute transport time to average. Okay. Not if bad. you have to go to the trauma center or burn center, maybe 20, 25 minutes. Okay. So, you know, your longs would probably be about 30 minutes. If, if you had to go from one end of the county to a hospital, even in Philly, 30, 35 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's a little nerve wracking with a trauma, you know, yeah, kind so, of a bit of a ride. So we have one trauma center in our region and that's Cooper Hospital in South Jersey. That's our only one in our region. Uh, the only other one close to us is Crozier in uh, Chester, PA. So depending oh. where you're at in the county, you might go there. If you're down in the uh, you know, north end of the county where I work. Um, but Crozier does burns too, right? Yes, Crozier yeah. does burns. That's our burn center. Yeah. And oh. if not, we usually go over to Philly as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you where you are. If, you're, if you're where I live, you're closer going to Jefferson or Temple in Philly than you are Crozier. Yeah. Oh. So you just have to kind of make that decision and you yeah. know, for the patient. How much is the bridge to get again, to Philly now? How much is it? How much is it? Uh, five. What? Five bucks. And I'm like about to say, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Like considering New York has like ridiculous 14. Bridge. It's like 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One way. One way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I give you guys a so, lot of credit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Everything's Verizano, Yo, to Verrazano, bro, is 19. It's $19. Yeah, Unnecessarily expensive, but yeah. it is one way. Yep. And they're splitting it now. Yeah, but now they're splitting it. It's nine fifty a trip. So in or out, it's nine fifty. Yeah. Gotta get their money. So when you're on the ambulance, it's just the two of you? Is it paramedic, EMT? So how- we run uh two EMTs and then we have chase vehicles for our paramedics. So Cooper, um, we run an ALS ambulance and BLS ambulance. Now, we both respond to a life-threatening call, and then obviously once we get there, we triage it and determine whose patient it is, whether they go in the BLS ambulance or ALS ambulance. Okay. So that's, that's how it works. So obviously, if it's, a, if it's a code or a trauma and they need help, you know, we'll, we'll jump in and we'll drive the medics or help them, whatever. But for the most part, ALS takes the ALS calls, BLS takes the BLS. And obviously, BLS takes everything. That, that's never going to change. But, um, yeah. You know, so, so there's times, you know, we can't get a medic, you know, depending if they're all tied up or not. So, yeah. you know, again, you're it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but Are you yeah, doing albuterol yet or what? So we were in the process of it. Okay. And we were very close to it. 
Um, with Cooper, we were doing it. Yes. Okay. With Gloucester County, we were in the process of training everybody. And then obviously the COVID hit and they yeah. removed CPAP and albuterol from the Yeah. Unit. So like a nebulized medication. Yeah. I'm going to think sometime probably near future, I would think it would come back. Okay. Um, because we were definitely giving out a lot of albuterol on Camden. You know, Narcan albuterol. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was nice for the BLS to have it for that, you know, that asthmatic that just is, you know, a frequent flyer or just, you know, just needed that albuterol, needed that treatment. We could do it prior to our ALS yeah. coming here. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, yeah. And in Gloucester County, it's nice because if you don't have an ALS unit available and you have a 20 minute transport, that 20 minutes of somebody, you know, having albuterol can make a big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. What's it going to free up a medic unit? Do you still have to keep the medics if you give them albuterol or no? So by protocol, yes, we are supposed to. Hmm. By protocol, we are supposed to. Um, and then w we can go from there with triaging or if they feel, you know, the patient's stable and they can cut it loose to us, that's, that's fine. But um, okay. we are all right so it's still not to our point yet we're to deal with just yeah so they can do albuterol and all that kind of stuff so yeah. we, we've come a long way when i started it was like you had band-aids that was it now yeah i i mean i feel like when i became an emt i don't think we were allowed like i know it was in the state protocol to give albuterol but i don't think it was in the city protocol like we weren't right. i I remember my first job on an ambulance, I was not personally allowed to give albuterol unless I was overseen by the medic. You know what I mean? Like it was like I learned it, but it wasn't something I could do. And now, I mean, we go on jobs where like the EMTs come down with someone. They're like, yeah, we gave uh, albuterol. We started them on CPAP. We gave epinephrine. I'm like, what? You're awesome. You know, like that's super amazing. Like, thank you. Like you really did everything, you know? But I feel like when I was first an EMT, we weren't allowed to do that. And I don't really know why. They could take their own nebulizers. When I was still BOS and stuff, I'm like, they need, like, we had to get out of there. I would just take theirs and plug it in. I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then take it off. Yeah, I was just time. plugged in, you know. Yeah. Yep. So you got to go to the Yeah. I know. It's funny how protocols differ um, through yeah. the states and everything. Yeah. You know? So Jersey's very slow to change. Yeah. Yeah, but so is yeah. New York. You know, New York is similarly slow. Yeah. And you guys carry epinephrine, you guys carry EpiPens and all that stuff? So that was one of the first things we did start carrying. Okay. Um, we've had that for a pretty long time now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think we should have been carrying out butyrol before Epi. I mean, let's be realistic here. How mm -hmm. many treatments do you give compared to EpiPens? Of course, I know. You can CPAP over, over giving them Epi. Mm -hmm. you know, same with Narcan. We had Epi before Narcan. Yeah. We had more overdoses before the before yeah. the epidemic yeah. than we did yeah. reactions. Yeah, but also look at it like this: if there's some areas and squads that only carry Narcan and they don't have epinephrine. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like police departments, all police departments have Narcan, but they don't have epinephrine. Yeah, I know. You know? So I, I don't I don't know what people's priorities. But are. maybe the, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing because some of the ways that these folks give Narcan, it's like. Like you probably shouldn't be in charge of giving any medicine at all, you know. That that's a whole other issue right there. That's yeah, twelve milligrams of Narcan is not ideal, you yeah. know. I read like, this uh, thing yesterday. They're like they were talking about how they got assaulted from like an overdose patient, and I'm like, you know, I'm like sometimes you just need a pinch yeah. to get him breathing, you know, or maybe leave a sleeping bear, you know, lie, and then you know, yeah. he comes back with oh, slam town. I'm like, and that's yeah. why you got fucked up. So, yeah, also, that's you're throwing your patients into withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. So, airway management's key, right? With an overdose. And 
I don't know why we got away from that. There's a lot of EMTs out there and, and, and paramedics I see that just want to hear the Narcan and walk away. And it's like, yeah. God, that, that's not even a protocol. You know, why are we treating someone like that? Yeah. It, it makes me. It's, it's like a head. judgment call. Unfortunately, it's like a punitive judgment. It's like people who, I don't know, like want to like judge a person harshly for taking drugs. Right. really is like what I feel there's a lot of people give Narcan just to give it and I'm like I'm not if you're high and you're breathing fine you're on your own like I'm gonna monitor you yeah. but I'm not gonna like disrupt your high like I'm not passing a judgment call on you as a human being and I think there's a lot of EMTs and medics who do that and then like treat aggressively as like a let me screw this guy over and it's like that's really shitty we're not supposed to be doing judgment calls like that on people you know yeah. So, Julie, I think that's a really good point. And I get really upset sometimes when I hear people say, and I've heard it from EMTs, medics, cops, firefighters, and general public, let them die. Ugh. Just think about that line for one second. Let them die. You know, that still is somebody's family member. Yeah. Wife, daughter, son, cousin, whatever. Um, I can tell you right now, personally, I've picked up two cousins in the city of Camden, overdosed, yeah. family members. You know, so you never knew who you're going to come across, who you're going to deal with. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's their problem, not yours. Yeah. And you are there to help people. And help yeah, that's your job. And I'm telling you, when I see people get treated like you know what, it drives me nuts. Um, and don't get me wrong. There is them times you have to get a little bit, uh, you know, pushy with patients to explain to them, listen, you know, we're trying to help you and this is what we did. But you don't just treat people like shit. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, um, but that, that's one thing. I mean, we shouldn't be going at public safety, going anywhere saying, let someone die. Our goal is to save lives and help people. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you think your job is if yeah. that's your outlook on people. If, if the wrong person hears that, I mean, come on, you, you got to be kidding Especially me. Especially right? now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah every, first of all, let's be real. I mean, like just from a standpoint of you want to keep your job. I mean, everybody has uh video camera capability yeah. you know i mean everyone can record you saying this horrible stuff and really even if you're having a rough day is that what you want to be blasted out to the universe like that's what you want to end up on the news for if every other day you're like really working hard to like save people help people and the one day you're like having a bad day you say some horrible shit and you're you're going to end up on the news looking like a creep you know like, yeah. so like that's always tell people if you're doing what you're supposed to do, doing your job, doing protocol, doing what you're, you know, you're expected to do. Don't worry about how many cameras are on you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it. I've worked with responders over the years and I've probably done it myself now and then where they see a camera. It's like, get out of our faces or be respectful or let us do our job. You know what? If you're doing your job, realistically, that person can record whatever they want. Yeah. As long as yeah. you're not, you know, hurting your, your, your patient or in the, in the way your patient let them record. If yeah. you're doing your job being professional at all times, yeah. let them record. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. nothing that's going to get you in trouble. There's nothing yeah. that's going to incriminate you. Yeah. But the minute truth. you turn around and you get mad and they instigate you and you tell them to go F off, yeah, now you're... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to look so great. Well, the minute like, you're, there's, you know, there's the people who record us all the time and I'm like, all right, let's just get in the truck and like yeah. kind of get out of here. But, yeah. um, you know, we're just doing our job. Like, um, yeah. you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of folks who get like burned out quickly and if you look at everybody like some, I don't know, like some scale or, you know, you're kind of using that terminology and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, let them die or like, then you're going to hate your job eventually. Your job is really going to weigh on you. 
You're going to take it home. It's going to bother you every day. This is a really rewarding job. We like save people's lives. We help people. Um, we deal with the most vulnerable people um, in our cities. Like this is a something that everybody can do. So if you go in every day feeling like, I don't know, like it's not worth it or whatever, you're going to get burnt out pretty quick. So I do a part of orientation at one of my organizations. And one of the first things I lead off with in, in, the, uh, in the lecture is if you can't deal with people, there's the door. I don't mean disrespect by that, but there is the door because we don't need you. If you cannot deal with people, people's problems, you're going to be dealing with personalities. different, oh, And you have to adapt. That's the biggest thing. you got to adapt. You have to be able within a minute to be like, okay, I can adapt to what this guy's saying. I, I get where they're coming from. I see what their lifestyle is. Their lifestyle is different than mine. So I yes. have to respect their lifestyle and how they live. And, and that's something that we just fail on. You know, we have all these protocols clinically, right? And it's all very important, right? We all know that. We need protocols. But an EMT and medic can't talk to a patient. Yeah. Protocol for that. <laughs> no, it kills me. Like, you, know, you see these people, they're so smart. They have so much knowledge. But they can't go into a patient and build a report with them to talk. Yeah. They say, Sir, what's going on today? How are you feeling? Like, what, what made you call me today? They can't do it. It's like because the difference feels too great or something. They feel like they have no way to empathize maybe with this person. And I feel like as much as like sometimes empathy, I take things home and I feel like weighed down by it. I have patients that I like think about when I'm at home and I consider their life and I'm like, oh, I feel bad for them. Like I have one guy in particular who Pete always jokes that I'm going to take to my house. And I'm like, there are times where I would like considered it. I'm like, I don't know. He needs some help. But um, I feel like if you can't respect people, if you can't empathize with them, maybe their lifestyle is different. But if you don't view that person as a person, this is not the right job for you at all. You know, your job's not to sit here in judgment. Like you're not a police officer. And I'm not saying that's what cops are doing, but I'm saying like they have to make judgment calls based on like what they feel is a crime or not. For us, I like, I go into people's homes and I always say like, we're not the cops. You're not I, like I have. It doesn't matter to me what you did. Um, you're my patient. You know, let's get out of here. Let me take care of you. Like I always have to reiterate. Like I'm not here to judge you. Like I'm not a cop. The cops are not coming. I'm not calling them. Like let me help you. Um, because I feel like people get defensive. They assume that we're like judging them. And if you have that face on and you are judging them, they're gonna know it. You know, and you're gonna have more challenges to face. So. That brings up another good point. You know, how many times do you see an EMT or a medic, they, they think they're a cop? And oh, please, I respect all my, my guys and girls in blue. I have a lot of police officer friends, and I, I would never down them. I, I would never put them down. They're great people and great at their jobs. But we have a lot of EMTs and medics that think that they, they treat people like they're cops. You know, yeah. oh, you go with us, you go to jail. I always love that one. Uh, no, <laughs> determination. How about, listen, you know, sir, can you work with us? Uh, if not, we're going to have the officer talk to you. No, you don't tell people if they're going to jail or not. You, you know, that's crazy. Also, that's not making your job any easier. No. Like you're putting people in a defensive position and now your job just became like exponentially more challenging. You know, like when you are sitting there and you're like, look, listen, we don't need the cops here. They come because they come to this type of job, but like, I don't need them. 
I just really think you should get checked out, you know, like this happened or that happened, or we woke you up from an overdose. Like, like we really need you to get checked out. Look, we don't want to get the cops involved. We're going to have to, if, if you're not coming with us, because sure. look, this is a drug in your system, it's going to come back. But look, we just, we'll just take you to the hospital. No police involved. It's not yeah. a big deal. Just get checked out. You can go home later today. Like, I think that goes a much longer way than like jumping down people's throats and telling them like, well, you're going to go to jail. Like, who you're the not. hell are you? you can't, in New Jersey, you can't go to jail, right? You can't <laughs> go to jail for calling somebody, calling an overdose. You can't uh, go to jail. So that's a, that's a good point. Um, that puts a lot of workload on us. <laughs> um, when the governor, past governor, enacted that law, uh, you know, the protocols were almost every overdose had to go. And they've lined up with yeah. people can refuse with bacteria. And they can, you know, and, and walk away, whatever they want to do. Um, but that put a really big problem on us because the police department had a protocol that said all overdoses have to go. So right, it put us in right. a really bad spot. Yeah. yeah. An overdose and the person wakes up and goes, I don't want to go. And they're conscious oriented and they answer all the questions and the cops go, no, you have to go. And they're like, no, I don't have to go. And we're stuck in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. I've been on I'm like, what do you want us to do? That that, is that's why you don't narcan while you're on scene. I know. You when you like, go to the hospital, no, you but can't the reality argue. is like we're in the business of helping people. We're in the business of saving lives. We're not in the business of kidnapping people or arresting people yeah. or stealing them away from their homes. And like I, I genuinely hate that. Like I hate being in that situation where someone feels like I'm kidnapping them away. And I try as hard as humanly possible never to do that. Like even when I'm like, you know what? This might, you might, you know, become like a little altered again because whatever, you're, the Narcan's not going to last forever. Um, I feel like if someone's alert and oriented, particularly if they have like a friend or a family member around, I'm not trying to steal them away. It's, you have the right to autonomy. That's one thing I like firmly believe in. Like, you have the right to say when you're going to be a patient if you're alert and oriented. You have that right. I, I'm not trying to take that away from anybody, mm. you know? Yeah. Great. Mm. You got any good stories? Um, we love war stories. Too many to tell. All right. How many kids you delivered? Uh, whole career, four. That's pretty good. Okay. That's good. I have and I can tell you right now, all of, them, all of them were in Camden. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Never delivered a kid. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on it. It's uh, uh, it's not as bad as what people make it. All these, oh, oh, I don't want to do it. It's really not that bad. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you a funny story though with with delivering. Um, I was working New Year's Eve one night. I think it was 2014, right? So it was a crazy New Year's Eve night. I sat on domestic for an hour with no. Oh my god. We couldn't leave because, and my partner had the the other party, the female. And if they were separated, they were fine. The minute they got near each other, they started screaming. Mm-hmm. So the cops were just not coming, tied yeah. up. So we sat there for an hour, and we're talking to them. And long story short, you know, they got resolved. So um, we ended up going to a, uh, a maternity call in North Camden. Okay. And they were like, oh, you know, ladies, you know, full term, whatever. Yeah. So now we were busy. And this is like 3 in the morning. So busy night again, yeah. complacency, laziness kicking in, right? Yeah. I'm like – Hey, you know what? We don't need bags. We're just going to walk her out, right? We're going to walk oh, her no. out, get her loaded up, right? My partner and I go in. Now it's, it's a meth addict, right? 
So uh, it's not baby, unfortunately. Hi. She's got this baby halfway delivered on her couch. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, can you be kick, give me a bag. And this, this yeah. baby's pushing out. And I'm like, yep, that one bit me in the ass. Uh, I'll never forget wow. that. Um, yeah. it, it was just, you know, yeah, baby ended up being okay and everything. Yeah. But the point of it, you know, like you said earlier, Julie, about the, you know, complacency and, and getting a little bit burned out. It was a busy night. I'm tired. I'm like, oh, you know what? The shift's a couple hours left. We'll get in, get her loaded up, get her out of here. Nope. Deliver right in the house. Yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, and, and it was a crazy night. It was a crazy New Year's. Um, we had the first trauma and the first shooting of the, of the year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the first trauma was a lady yeah. that fell down a set of steps at, like, right after midnight, cracked her head open. Oh. Then, like, 20 minutes after that, we had a shooting. And then my partner and I had all of them right back to back. So it was, like, just one of them crazy New Year's. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, you know, I actually keep a log of all my decent calls or yeah. interesting calls. Um, so I'll have to pull that up for you one day and just tell yeah. you. But I, I have just, you know, like you said, you know, Everybody's got war stories. Everybody's got stories to tell. I believe yeah. that. And I love yeah. hearing them, believe me. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just one of them things, you know, that that comes with time. Yeah. That, that comes with time on the job. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, even, but even not having your stuff, right? If you panic in that situation, the family's going to know that you don't have your stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. you remain cool, calm, and yeah, collected, like, the... you know, I have no idea that something's wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like, ah, we got to get our stuff. I'm like, No, that's it. Right, you no, just no problem. keep your face. Got this. Yeah. You know, Go get hey, it. Come on. Hey, you said it, my favorite terms, calm, cool, and collective. I say that all the time to new people. On talking on the radio, giving a report and a size yeah. up, getting into a call. Yeah. That is key. Calm, cool, and yeah. collective. Listen, in your mind, you can be like, oh, oh yeah. shit, <laughs> or this is not going to end up well. But you know what? If you're calm, cool, and collective, yeah. the rest of that scene will go that way. The rest of the partners coming into the scene will be that way. Yep. You know, the minute you start getting excited and running, oh and, yeah, no, the job's going south, bro. It's going south. Oh yeah, you can hear oh, it. Yeah, you quick. can hear it on it. Like we'll listen to like the note channel. We'll hear people yelling on the radio, like, you know, and, like uh, you know, certain people. It's like, so you know. We had a. I had a job not too long ago. I wasn't with Peter. I was on a job um, with someone I don't always work with, but someone I like. And it was like we got in the house. It came in as like a diff breather, and she was about to be in respiratory arrest I was like oh shit like I could hear her wheezing but it was like that point where it was like super tight I'm like she's almost she's almost done she looked terrible and um I'm starting to drop the epi and I turn the where's the nebulizer and he's like oh I don't have a nebulizer and he's like freaking out kind of looking through the bag and um I was like all right good like I was like nice and calm like okay go downstairs and get one from the truck and he's like yeah but who was in here last and he's like you know kind of like upset and I was like no problem I'm gonna give the epi just go downstairs and get the nebulizer but in my mind I was like ah, like panicking because I was like she's gonna be dead you know and like uh, she wasn't I mean we treated her pretty aggressively and uh and actually we called for BLS because the house was like a hoarding situation we needed help like getting out of the house and they were they were great to catch on that they were like, oh, she's got pinpoint pupils. And we were like, oh, she's also high, you know, and that's probably what led to this mm -hmm. sort of respiratory situation in the first place. Um, but it was like, you know, if you, I know that five years ago or 10 years ago, I probably would have been like really freaking out. But like now it's been quite a bit of time that I've done this and like just keeping your face and, you know, like 
you can be freaking out inside. I was, I was sweating profusely and my heart was pounding, but I was like, I'm not going to sit here and freak out over a missing nebulizer. Like we just got to handle this, you know, and yep. it's downstairs. We're not parked a mile away. Like it's, it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just got to get it. Mm. Yeah. That's that kind of like, if you remain calm, if you remain yeah. collected, you are going to yeah. get it done. Yeah might not be ideal but you're going to get it done you know so i'll tell you a job i had back in october um i was it was an ems call i was on the fire truck but we run an ems engine on, on certain criteria and we were called an unconscious person in the middle of the street and you know nice neighborhood you know nothing nothing crazy you know, in, a, in a suburban township so we roll up with the first ones there and this kid laying you know laying on his back um unconscious unresponsive go up to him well he's in cardiac arrest oh my gosh 22 years old wow so now you know this story will just it's it, 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 it's it's just crazy how it all ends up so first thing i do is look at his pupils and i'm like this is not an overdose right wow it, it just you could tell it was not yeah. an overdose so i always say like thank god i was there not toot my own horn but just for a second no but so yeah it would have been like overdose experience yeah, cops that came out today that are all very close friends of mine. Yeah. Oh, you Narcan overdose? I'm like, guys, it's not an overdose. I'm yeah. telling you, it's. Yeah. I said we didn't know what happened. Did he get hit by a car? Did he yeah. get thrown from a car? Did he get assaulted? Something wasn't right. Yeah, here, yeah. a great team of fire, police, EMS, AL, BLS, ALS providers, a great yeah. team. Twenty-two years old, this kid had a heart attack. Oh my gosh! A jog and had a heart attack, right? So ironically, my captain that day, who is now retired, and the EMS chief at the time, know this kid from their uh, shore campground they all go to. Yeah. They didn't realize it was him at first because he had blood all over his face. Yeah. And they're mm -hmm. like, they see his tattoos when we get his shirt off. They're like, wait a minute. They're like, no way. This is, you know, they know him. They know his name. Yeah. So the, the father is telling our captain, you know, via phone, hey, listen, it's not looking good. The doctor telling us, you know, it's not looking good. A day later, this kid wakes up. He's fighting the tube, hmm. right? Two days later, he sends my captain a picture of him sitting in a chair and talking. Wow. Wow. Right? And my crew and I, we got a lifesaver award for that uh, at, in January at a, yeah. at a dinner that the, the Chiefs Association did. And you know what? I, I tell people all the time, that's what it's all about. That one life. You know, we may have sat all day. We may have sat all week, but that one life you saved was all about. Yep. CPR saves lives. CPR saved that kid's life. Yep. And ironically, the kid wants to be a doctor. Oh, wow. So I got to meet him a few times, and it was really cool. And I asked him and his parents, I would like to bring you in on one of my lectures sometime, and maybe you're a walking case study to say, listen, yeah. while we're in CPR, this is why right here. The yep. kid's standing here. Yeah. He may be the one in 100 that got saved, but he saved. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was so ironic. Literally, they got uh, they got ring doorbell footage of him running. Yeah. Kid got for a jog, literally just drops. Wow. Drops, done. Jesus. Cardiac arrest, right in the middle of the street while he's crossing the street. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, you don't think about that from a 22-year-old for the most part. It does happen. Oh, but, yeah. So Super rare. This kid, you know, it, it just it's a great story because, you know, to, to tell you how – the teamwork and how pit crew CPR, yeah. how, how it all comes together and works on that one call. You may not have a call like that for another two years where it's just yeah. like that. 
but that one wife got saved because yeah. of training, you know, education, teamwork, and, and it was everybody saved. It wasn't our save. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was everybody saved that was on that job. Yeah. yeah. But so many God. people would have just written them off. Yeah. I mean? As another or would have gotten like overly <laughs> focused on like what could a 22 year old be doing in cardiac arrest? Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. That's it, you know, right. or assault. And that's it. Like, and sort of get this tunnel vision that like they can't get out of, you know? Yeah. Sure. yeah. A lot of people do that. Like you, you know, you pass, like you said, but like you pass judgment and yeah. you can't be doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You got to take the extra time. You got to take that second to save a second. Yeah. 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 Take that second. Just look around. Look at the scene. Look at what's going on. Don't get complacent. Yeah, because that's what's going to get you in trouble. Exactly. Mm. Definitely. Hmm. So you're teaching EMT class still? When you uh, yeah. what are you guys doing? Hybrid Zoom meetings? So, you're actually going to class this year? No. So um, we are actually started up again in the classroom. Okay. This coming semester, which actually starts this week, believe it or not. Okay. Oh. Thursday night, I believe. Right. Um, I teach for a couple different academies. Um, my other organization I teach for, they've been in the classroom with, you know, obviously social distancing and masks yeah. and things like that. So I did a lecture back in, I think, June, July for them. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, they've been meeting their normal, their normal times. But for the most part, this semester, we're back in the classroom, which is a good thing. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. How much is EMT class now over there? Oh, geez. Uh, I want to say it's anywhere from 13 to 1500. I want to say, I was gonna say like 1500. I feel like that's what it is now. When yeah. I went through, it was 600. Really? Mine was 350. Might have been, been cheaper. Might have been 450. Well, I went to like... school in New York, so I think it was a thousand. Yeah. It was not cheap back then, yeah. and that was 2004. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine what it is in New York City nowadays. And and if you volunteered back then, the state would Yeah, they would it. pay for you. Yeah. So we didn't. I didn't really have that option. Like yeah, there wasn't can. a lot of volunteers around where right. I was. Well, nowadays they get Chromebooks. Some of them, not every organization. Yeah. They get Chromebooks. They get they get everything. I'm like, man, I got a folder, and it was like, here you go. Yeah, you're, that's you're, it. That was it. Like, you got yeah. that book. Like a giant yeah. book. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah. And it's like this is what you had to buy. You had to buy. They get uniforms now. Oh, I had wow. to buy a polo shirt. I had to buy pants. Yeah, you had to buy everything. I know. Wow. I don't. I, I feel like I just wore regular clothes yeah, regular and then clothes. on my rotations, I think I was supposed to wear like, you know, like blue pants and maybe yeah. a blue t-shirt. And then, at, uh, you know, at my current job, it was like white button down shirt and blue pants. That was it. Now they yeah. get uniforms, you know? Yeah. yeah you sit like, like a Mormon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, so Uniformity is very good. Yeah. Do yeah. they make them go on ambulance rides or no? Down there? So they do. Um, you have to do so many hours, I believe, in the ER, uh, the dispatch center, and in on the ambulance. So at Gloucester County, our EMT Academy, um, which is still fairly new, I think we're in our third class right now since the okay. inception. Um, since it's through the county and we have our own EMS agency, yeah. um, they actually have to do a ride-along. I believe it's 12 hours a week on the ambulance. That's pretty good. So oh, wow. That's, you know, that's really yeah. a, a huge thing yeah. because – some people don't have that opportunity, but no. the, the squad that they can do that with, yeah. where we can do that. So, you know, not only do you have to go to EMT school, you have to ride the ambulance 12 hours a week, yeah. and plus your other clinical time. Yeah. But in reality, though, that's 
prepping you and making you better. Yep. Yeah, I agree. We've hired our EMTs from our recruit class because, yeah. you know, they're, they're being trained by us. They're being yep. trained in all organizations specifically. So yep. when they come out, they do a little bit of time as an intern, and yep. the goal is to get them hired, to get them yeah. the same job, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's cool. Because I feel like, you know, the one – or two I did right 10 along. hours. I did like 10 hours in the yeah, ER I, or whatever. Like, I don't remember. I didn't do any what ER. What are you going to learn in the ER, bro? Nothing. Nothing. You know, I mean, like in, when I went to medic school, I did a lot of ER stuff, but like my medic or my EMT program, we did like two ride-alongs and even that was like more than what was required. Um, and I felt like, you know, the one ride-along, I didn't do much. Like we just had a slow day and the next one we had a good amount of stuff, but like nothing that, like absurd I, like my brother did it around the same time and he had to like actually defibrillate someone and I thought that was like extremely cool you know at the time and for me I was like oh someone got punched in the face <laughs> you know I had a naked guy in Starbucks like that was kind of my ride along um but yeah I think going every week that's like you that's get cool. a, a valuable amount of experience there yeah. yep you get the, do they do they go with the same person, the same preceptor? Yeah, just so they will rotate. It it okay. just depends on their schedule and who's on. Um, again, I, I'm more, I'm a little bit more. Uh, I'd rather see them have an FTO. Yeah, program, yeah. You know, one person. Have a couple people that you ride with because the problem yeah. is, and you guys know, everybody's got a different way of doing it. It's like, oh, you know, this is the way they show you in school, but this is what we really do. And yeah. oh, I know this guy told you to do this, but no, this is what we're going to do today. You know, yeah. you can't have that with a brand new recruit. You just yeah. got to have consistency. And that's the most important thing. Let them make their own mistakes. They're going to make plenty of them. Yeah. But yeah. by you telling them, you know, what, what not to do, that's just going to screw them up. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so that's the issue. But um, I do think it would be nicer for them to ride with more people that are teaching because, you know, they know what's in the curriculum in the yeah. book for people that aren't, yeah. in the curriculum, they, they're used to that street and, and not that they don't know what they're doing, yeah. but, Let's be real. That's the thing it's is the truth's not going to help you pass the test. Right. Yeah. So. And also like it, it can be a little confusing. Like you're getting mixed messages and when you're trying at that point to sort of like retain information, you know, someone telling you to discount this, discount that, like it's not super yeah. helpful. It's, no. it's kind of like, you know, you need to like really feel comfortable with what you're learning. You know? I always laugh because the, some of the EMT students, the recruits that don't know anything, they learn the players real quick. They're like, hey, I don't mean to be rude, but guy, <laughs> not, yeah, I'm like, ah, don't worry. He's one of the assholes. You know, no, <laughs> you don't like saying that about your coworkers, but sometimes but, they're yeah. in every job. And I'm like, listen, don't listen to a thing that person says. That person's written up every other week. That yeah. clinical skills are horrible. Just don't listen to them. Yeah. And it's got to be like that because, again, we should have better training, better, you know, skills. But, um, you know, you want the student to do good. Yeah. And when you hear the student coming to you saying, I didn't feel comfortable with this person, the things they were doing, you know, that, that's a problem. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, we got, we got our medic student restricted. So that's for a whole other story. Uh, yeah. No. That was like, that was, that was a big snafu. It wasn't clinical. Like we didn't do anything dumb. No, but, no. But yeah. I, I did feel bad for it him because bad. he was actually an excellent student. Yep. I was like, I would feel comfortable working with him as a medic right now, today. Yeah, he's really, really great. Yeah. He was a good EMT, and I'm sure he's a great medic, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but it used to be, like, you know, the fire department or wherever we work. 
Um, one of the things that always ends up happening is like you get kind of put with whoever they have on shift. And so you're brand new. And like when I first came out, it was like, I think my, like my partners who I was supposed to be with were like out on light duty. They'd gotten injured. So they kind of just put me with a whole bunch of different people. And like, I ended up getting mandated to work overtime on like New Year's Eve. And the person that I got put with, you know, as, as soon as people in the station realized who I was going out with, they were like, Oh, watch your back, you know, just be careful. And I'm like, that's not at all helpful you know, and I, and I also now I'm like super nervous to work with this person and he did some wild stuff like, and, uh, and I was like, you know, like, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm on probation and, you know, you're trying to do the right thing and you're with someone who's like, obviously doesn't care about doing the right thing. That's why it's like much nicer to have like units that are designated yep. to teach and yeah. Yeah. It's like a shame that that's how, how do you handle it if you have somebody like you're working with and they're just not up to par or they're just not doing the right thing like what would you do so i have a pretty good relationship with everybody i work with yeah. and you know i respect them they respect me yeah. so i'm the kind of guy like i said earlier you know i would hope anybody who when they see me on the schedule with them I want the attitude to be, oh, cool, I'm a content light. Like, yeah. no whatsoever, you know, no, yeah. you know, there's no issue there. And that's, that's how I, you know, that's what I pride myself yeah. in. I want them to want to work with me and like, oh, it's going to be a good night. Yeah. But at the same time, they also know that I'm a very, you know, I'll talk to you. Yeah. I don't believe in embarrassing someone. I don't believe, you know, you, you pride in public, you criticize in private. Yeah. I pull people aside and say, yo, man, listen. And, and I'm talking good friends of mine, too. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, man, what was up on that call? You all right? Like, yeah. you all right? You know, and then maybe they'll say, yo, man, I had a bad day, man. I had a fight with my girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, you were a little bit off, though. I could see you were off yeah. on this call. Like, yeah. what's going on? And they've done it to me, too. Like, yo, you all right? I'm like, yo, I'm really tired. That was a bad decision or whatever the case is. But now, you know what the biggest thing is? Don't go back to the station and when they walk in the door, start bashing them. That's not helping yeah. nobody. Just teach them. Mm-hmm. You know, and listen, we're all guilty of it. I've done it myself. We're all guilty of it. But I try not to do that. And, you know, I'd go under their face and say, listen, we got to do better with this. And, and, you know, sometimes I'm a little uptight where I get so mad because somebody will say something on the radio that shouldn't be said. <laughs> or, like, why would you tell them that? Or why did you do that? And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, I'm trying to see it their way. But then again, I'm hoping they can see it my way. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you could have gave one size of report, but no, you kept calling County 10 times in a matter of 30 seconds. You couldn't just say one thing, one long report, you know. Um, Clinical-wise, you know, again, I, I'll put a stop to anything I can on scene. Yeah. You know, again, you have that mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, I've had new people over the years where I'm like, hey, listen, you know, we're going to do this first. Or I'll kind of tell them. I've had partners over the years that are like trying to give Narcan. I'm like, hey, you got a BVM? Well, no. You have a BVM? <laughs> we're bagging, right? That's our protocol. And yeah. I'm trying to do it in a nonchalant way, but it's true. Like we were talking earlier about the Narcan. Everybody wants to give that Narcan, but it needs to be ventilated. Yeah. Yep. There's protocol. You know, there, there's just yep. certain things that have to be done. You know, I try to tell people, don't give them the easy one. I work with people at both my jobs. We have a spotter policy. I'm sure you guys do too, right? Listen, oh. do I with it? Not really. Do I think if you can't back a bus up, you shouldn't be driving it? That's I my- know. Yeah. But listen, yeah. it's a simple one because guess what? There's going to be that time when you can't have a spotter on a scene, on a major incident, yeah. and you got to do what you got to do. But in the station, if they wanted to use a spotter and it's in writing, Jesus. do it. 
It's that simple. Yeah. That's an easy one. They're going to get you on. I see people not wearing seatbelts, and I'll tell them, you know, first of all, the buzz is annoying the hell out of me. I'm not lying about that. It's just, yeah. it's annoying. Yeah, the constant beeping. If, if we get an accident, if anything happens, the first thing they're going to do is, did you have your seatbelt on? Or they're going to look on the camera. Yeah. And when you don't have that seatbelt on, you're done. You yeah. have no fight whatsoever. Nope. You're just done. I also, I feel like all three of us are parents. And I think that like, that makes a big difference for me personally. Like when I came back after having my son, I was like very aware about who the partner that I was with, how they drive, if I'm wearing my seatbelt. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'd like to go home at the end of the day and be a part of my kid's life. I'm not trying to like get tossed out of a window you know what I mean? So my seatbelt is always on. Um, there's times where I like realize we jumped in and I didn't put it on right away. And then he like picks up a little speed and he'll be like, put your seatbelt on. And I'm like, okay. You know, like we like tell each other, I'm like, Peter, where's your seatbelt? You know, like, yeah. cause it's just, uh, I don't know. You want to go home to your family. Like you just, you know, these are things that are there for a reason. Yeah. Just do your job. Do, do your job. Yeah, just do, do it. your rig check. They don't ask you for a lot of work in EMS. They really don't. Oh. You have a lot of autonomy. Do your do your couple things you have to do yeah. and call it a day yeah. or a night, whatever you want. Yeah. But we, we, we take advantage of it. That's one thing we're guilty of in EMS. We take advantage of situations. And you know, that's definitely something we have to do a little bit better at as a whole. You know, just do what do what the bosses want. They want you to wash the bus, you wash the bus. They want you to clean the truck, clean the truck. They want you to just do whatever, do it. It's not hard. It's not. I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, like there's some things that people complain about and they're like, Oh, they're doing this. And I'm like, just do it. We have, I mean, we're not sitting in an office with a boss yeah. watching us eight hours a day. We have so much autonomy. Yeah. You just have to get something done in that 12 hour shift or whatever. Just get it done. Like yeah. that's it. You know, just answer your radio. Do the right Every thing. station you go into, all you see is coffee cups and soda cans from days prior. That's crazy. Like, I know. I, I can't. I wash the dishes because I get so like, no, this is not happening. Like, we can't just leave stuff. Also, we've had mice in our station. Like, we had a rat. That was a rat. Yeah. That was no we mouse. had a giant rat. I'm not trying yeah. to leave yeah. like dishes full of food in the sink. Like, it's yeah. not. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. You, you, just, you, just shake, you just shake your head sometimes and you just mm -hmm. wonder, how do people live at home? That's yeah. the problem. I, you know what? Everybody asks the same question. They're like, yo, you're a slob, bro. Like, I wonder what your house looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it's shit. Everybody says that. That's funny. But you know what, though? Sometimes, listen, I've been there, and, and, and sometimes you just got to call people out and in a, in a nonchalant way, one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, listen, I've been there in life. I've been there where people are like, yo, man, get your head out of your ass. You all right? And it's yeah. like, and you think for a second. You're like, yeah, I had a bad day, and here's why. I had yeah. a bad month, and here's why. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you got to talk. You, you got to communicate with people. Um. And you just got to, you know, tell them what's up and, and hopefully resolve the problem. Yeah. You know, because I've never had a partner where I actually said, I don't want to work with somebody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. Do I have a few partners who I love working with compared to others? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm never like, oh, I'm calling out tonight because I'm working with this guy. Or I'm calling yeah. out. No, I'm not like that. Mm -hmm. So I know uh, it's going to be one of them shifts where it's just, you know, it's going to be a long night. It is what it is. But, yeah. you know. You got to work with everybody and you got to adapt to people. Yeah. Do you have anything you do? So like if you work with somebody who, uh, who doesn't like to work, do you have any little things you like to do to them to make oh, them like work a lazy harder? Person. Like a lazy person. So, so I'm the kind of guy where, Oh, you don't want me to buy again? Don't worry. I got it for you. 
so you don't want to do this? Don't worry, I got it for you. So I'll yeah. keep I'll keep doing it and grabbing this or doing this. You know, oh, you don't yeah. want to pick up your trash? I'll pick it up for you right in front of you. Yeah. Instead, you see me picking it up. Yeah. But now I'm not really a ball buster like that. You know what I yeah. mean? I'll just tell you, like, yo, man, what's up with this? Yeah. Um, but now, you know, I just kind of go with the flow. I'm really easy going. Yeah. I like to go available quick on people. I know. Peter, <laughs> it's funny because when we first started working together, Peter would just be like, oh, you want to pick up that job? And I'd be like still writing my paperwork. And I'm like, what job? Like, I didn't even really hear it. And he's like, yeah, it's like two blocks away. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think he realized that I was sort of up for whatever, like pretty quickly. I, I wonder if he was like testing me sometimes because he would just be like putting us on jobs, putting, you know, and I was like, all right. But there are definitely times where I have to tell him enough. <laughs> I'm like, I've got four reports to write, right. you know, right. like I need a minute. Yeah. Like, don't go available yet because I have a lot of PCRs I haven't like gotten through. Yet. So, That'll help. I'll help. You just have and, the option to not go available? No. Uh, no, I mean, no. like, but nobody puts us available until yeah. we put ourselves available. So not that you can stay out for an hour. Yeah. I mean, like, after yeah. 20 minutes, they start messaging you and everything else. But I feel like sometimes we're getting triaged for, like, 25 minutes. Yeah, you know? same with us, but we're holding jobs like crazy. Like, they're literally telling you, mm. yeah, we're holding three jobs. So you, oh, you wow. Better, yeah, we don't have that, that luxury of, uh, yeah. we'll let you know when we're clear. It's kind of like, what's your turnaround? Two, three yeah. minutes. Yeah, we're holding three. Wow. Oh man. I haven't done that in years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we're holding. Hold threats, but you know, BLS jobs will hold them. Life threats we won't hold. Yeah. But yeah. BLS job will uh, like, That happens to us, but like honestly, on certain oh. nights of the year, like New Year's. COVID. And I that think was like during the last COVID, time I remember. Yeah, where they we were, were holding, holding jobs. jobs. Um. Like, because it was like, as soon as you would go available, there was like another job, another yeah. job, another job. Sure. And on New Year's, they might say like, "Hey, we're holding two hundred jobs," you yeah. know. Um, but like, it doesn't happen that regularly. Yeah. Um, but I think for Pete, he's like, sometimes I won't even realize we're available. He's already pressed the button. And yeah. I'm like, in the middle of writing my report, and then we're getting another job. And I'm like, I look at the screen like, what? And it's like, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I, I write thorough paperwork. Very uh, meticulous. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, well, I know you got to get to work. So what would, what would be something that you you like to tell your new people when you get a, a new student or a brand new person with you so listen um, take in all you can be yourself make your own personality make your own reputation yeah um, just know that that's going to follow you forever um you know don't be that guy or that girl you don't want to be that guy or girl that people go and cringe when they hear your name and and don't want to work with um, I've seen new people come out that have had great reputations, and then I've seen new people that have had horrible reputations. They're with the organization for a month, and they're hated by the whole organization. Aww. That's a problem. That's bad. Um, so I would just basically tell them, you know, no doubt, they, they got to um, just keep your mouth shut. Listen, yeah. experience will come with time. Yeah. You'll get it. Nobody came in and knew it all or had every call. You'll get your calls. You'll get your experience. But you've got to listen and take in as much as you can from all these providers because everybody has something good to give. Yeah. Honestly, even the, uh, the, the, the not so great providers still can have something they can give you, you know, yeah. that would help you. Yeah. How and not to do it. Just take it all in. <laughs> yeah. Just take it all in yeah. and just, just be yourself and be cool and keep your mouth shut. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's sage advice, honestly, yeah. like kind of keeping quiet, taking it in because like, 
when you're a viewer, you see a lot more as an observer than you do when you're like trying to know it all, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What's well, the that, famous that, line? I learned this in Jersey City. It was like, new people should be seen and not heard. Oh. Good point. <laughs> oh. I like that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with that more, actually. I, and that's the worst thing is like when I came out, I was like so quiet and everybody was like, why aren't you talking? I'm like, I'm new. I'm like, I have nothing to give here. Like, yeah, nobody just, knew. I don't think they knew what my, yeah. they were like, where are you from? Are you from Minnesota? People thought I was Canadian or from the Midwest. And somebody thought I was from England. And I was like, I am from New York. Like I have a New York accent, but it was like, because I didn't speak. I was just listening and like hearing what happened. You know, so it's funny. Cause you know, with time in and time on the job, you know, seniority in our field really doesn't mean that much. If you really think about it. People don't respect seniority a lot of times, no. um, but, you know, I, I always laugh because some of the people, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I've been at this organization since the inception, day one, yeah. you know, I've been here for this many years and I don't rub that in people's faces because I'm not that kind of guy, but there is times you have to. Yeah. There, there is times. I had to do it recently um, and, I, and it really bothered me because I don't like doing it and I had to do it at one of my jobs where, um, you know, I was working with, um, uh, it was two full-timers and another part-timer. And I'm part-time. Yeah. But I'm the senior person out of those four people. Yeah. Right? And they were going back and forth over a decision. And I said, finally, listen, this is what we're doing. I'm pulling seniority. And if you have an issue with it, I know the chief's got my back. Yeah. That's just how it went. And guess what? You know, we, we, we ended the night and that was it. You know, and, and I don't like being like that. Yeah. But some, the, the, the person that was calling these shots, she was just being very ornery and very disrespectful. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm yeah. trying to respect you because this is your full-time gig. Yeah. Now I do respect that. I'm only here part-time, even yeah. though I'm senior to you. So this is your full-time bus, your full-time station, whatever. Yeah. There's some things that just don't fly with me. And what she was trying to do that night, making the decision, it wasn't flying. Yeah. And I said, look, I'm making the decision. This is what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. And that was the end of it. Cool. No. And you don't want to be that way, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. 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 I agree. And then, and then you're done with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you don't hold it. Listen, that. So I got bashed that night, I'm sure. After that decision was made, and then went back, I'm sure my shit got round up and down. But you know what? They don't bother me none. It's all right. No. There's another day. Yeah, you know, they, they don't pay your bills. You right. know what I'm saying? So There's I, definitely times where people have had to tell me, like, what's with your partner about Pete? Because he said something to someone or he got angry at something. Yeah. And then, like, within a week, they're like, oh, Pete's awesome, or, you know, oh, he's, like, good, or, you know, like, they, they feel, like, embarrassed. I've gotten, like, Pete and I have had some words a few times, and, like, I've, like, felt some kind of way, and then when I went home and thought about it, I was like, oh, he's right, he's right, you know, I should have, I should have known that, or I should have done that. And it's like, you know, no harm, no foul, like, no hard feelings, you know, we're just going to. You can't dwell on that. Yeah, you can't dwell on you it. You learn from it. You make mistakes, you learn from them. And you, and you know what? The next morning you go to Dunkin', you have a donut and a coffee, and you call it a day. Yeah. You know, it's done. You know, you just, it is what it is. It was what it was. Yeah. But too many people dwell on stuff and let it linger, and you just got to yeah. let things go. Yep. Yeah. You can't go down to the basement like the firemen used to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. days are over. Pete, you better <laughs> buy me a coffee. I'm not buying you anything. Or else we're fighting. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm not scared. <laughs> you better I'm be. Scared. I'm not scared. So, all right, man. Well, we'll let you get to work. Yo, thanks for coming on. 
I know. Thank you. Absolutely. And thanks for coming on a little later. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all good. Kinda... Um, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's really appreciated. Maybe yeah. we can do it again sometime. Oh, no, definitely. So, yeah, we're yes. working on. And other... we can come down there. Yeah. I think it's awesome. You're not far. Yeah. No, no, I'm not far yeah. off from you guys. I'd love to meet up with you. Um, yeah. I appreciate what you guys are doing and your, um, you know, the, the mission you guys have with Rush the Bus. I think it's awesome. And I, I think it's really a good thing for, uh, you know, everybody from newer EMTs and medics yeah. to season people um so i really appreciate you guys having me it was awesome and um i really hope that we can do it again thanks thank man. you yeah. we just need more seasoned people to, to to talk to us and stuff you know not yeah. worry about it we'll talk so. anytime you pick some yeah. topics, we'll come back on we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll go at it cool all right all right sounds good all right so thank you Julie, right. thanks for coming on man you guys later all right Take care. have a good shift